morning comes from the book of Acts, the 8th chapter, beginning with verse 14 and reading through verse 17. Acts, the 8th chapter, beginning with verse 14 and reading through verse 17. When word reached the apostles in Jerusalem that Samaria had accepted God's word, they commissioned Peter and John to go to Samaria. Peter and John went down to Samaria where they prayed that the new believers would receive the Holy Spirit. This was because the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. Let us pray. Father God, as we hear this story of the people of Samaria, Lord, and their receiving of the Holy Spirit, Lord, let us desire in our own hearts the gift of the Holy Spirit, or remind us, Lord, of that gift of the Holy Spirit that was given to us in our baptism. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but if you know anything at all about sports, you know how important the idea of spirit is. Living so close to Auburn, we get that, don't we? <laughs> true that, true that. <laughs> and all the other teams. <laughs> that's perfect, that's perfect. <laughs> and all the other teams that we didn't name, right? <laughs> but... That's why in this world of sports, wherever it is, that there are things like cheerleaders, pep teams or spirit teams, bands, mascots, and fans. We show our spirits sometimes very vividly, do we not, in our clothing, through our jewelry, our caps, our car tags. We show our spirit in many ways. Uh, I, I got to share this, y'all. Uh, when I first came here, I was invited to a, is it a cabbie show? That's a clothing? Okay, I, I don't, don't know my brand name, sorry. But I was looking at this particular shawl that was a part of this party, and it was a beautiful crimson color. And as I picked it up off the rack and I was admiring it and looking at it, somebody made the comment to me, oh, you don't want to buy that, do you? <laughs> so being new and all that, I just promptly put it back on the rack. <laughs> but even as we are looking towards the national championship game tomorrow night, there are fans from other teams that are expressing opinions about that game. 
and those other fans will be pulling for either Clemson or LSU. When rivals play each other, everything from football to wrestling, the records, the stats, the predictions, y'all know as well as I do, they go right out the window, don't they? They go right out the window. Because what wins games like that is the spirit. It's the spirit. It's the spirit of the players. It's the spirit of the fans as they encourage the players. That is what rules the game. But this morning, there's an even more powerful spirit that I want us to talk about. Without this particular kind of spirit, a church would be much like a car without a motor in it. It may look good on the outside, but if the motor of a car is missing, it's not going to be worth much, is it? And that is true of the Holy Spirit that is found within a church. It's the Spirit that gives us what we need to do the work of God, not only in the church, but in the community and in the world. But there's something odd about the Holy Spirit. If you have many conversations, and, and trust me, there's not a whole lot of conversations that people have about the Holy Spirit. Because there's something mysterious about it. There's something unknown about the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that something can be a little threatening. Because we just don't have that control over the Holy Spirit, do we? <laughs> there is a story that is told in preacher circles, if you will, about a gentleman who visited a church, and he was so moved by the music and by the sermon that he stood up in the middle of church and he said, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Well, the usher that was there at that church immediately rushed over to the man and encouraged him to be quiet. Man looked up at the usher and he said, but I've got the spirit. I had to speak out. And the usher very quickly told him, well, you didn't get it here, so be quiet. And as funny as that is, I think I would die a thousand deaths if I ever served a church that that happened in. I mean, I can, it, it's, it's interesting as a pastor when you are coming in a door or out of the door, and especially after the message, and sometimes you'll hear words like, I was so moved by the Spirit that I almost came to the altar. Now, I know how I feel when I hear that. It hurts my heart. And I can only imagine what that does to God's heart when he tries to move over his people. 
and in the hearts of his people. And we squash it like a bug. Discussion. Whenever someone is baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, God pours out the Holy Spirit on that person. I want you to think about that for just a minute. Whenever one is baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God pours out His Spirit upon that person. I don't know about you, but as I said before, I don't know too many people that think a lot about the idea of the Holy Spirit living inside them. Now, we talk about how much we love God and how much we trust Jesus, and we're a little more comfortable talking about that, although I'm not sure why. But when it comes to the idea of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit being inside of us, that's just not a conversation that we normally have with each other. We don't really think about the Holy Spirit residing in us. But listen to these words in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So if you belong to Christ through baptism, you too have that Holy Spirit living inside of you. And the way that you know someone has the Spirit inside of them really not that hard. Galatians gives us that answer in chapter 5 when it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Things like love and joy and peace, even patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There are many times when we feel the Spirit more so than others. But the Bible assures us that regardless of what we feel, if we have been baptized through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then the Spirit is indeed in us, whether we feel emotional about it or not. The Holy Spirit may or may not give us an emotional high. I know on a few of the conversations that I have had with people about the Holy Spirit, their perception of the Holy Spirit is somebody running up and down the aisles of the church, uncontrollable now be honest is that your perception 
of how the Holy Spirit operates. And I'm not saying that's not how He operates. I'm saying that's one of the ways He could operate. But think back again over these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. There are people that I have talked to through the years that experienced turning points in their life or in their faith journeys when they physically felt the power of God surging through them. Even for pastors, there are Sundays that we really know that it wasn't us standing in this pulpit, right? Yeah. Some people even wonder why they can't have that kind of feeling and that kind of power all the time. Some people even think that something's wrong with them when they don't have that kind of feeling all the time. When they don't have that rush of the Spirit every time they walk into the sanctuary or walk out of the sanctuary after a service. Don't get me wrong. We are grateful and thankful for those times that we experience the Holy Spirit that way. But those are not the only defining moments of the working of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to hear that loud and clear. We're thankful for those moments. But those are not the only defining moments of the working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us together with the community of believers that are around us. We're known as the church. And our baptism, hear this, our baptism is a sign, is a sign that we belong to God and are members of the family of Christ. And that is why John and Peter were commissioned to go to Samaria to find out about this community of people that had been preached to by Philip and had been baptized. If you know anything at all about the Samaritan people, you know that they were outsiders in that day. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? They were outsiders in their day. So Peter and John wanted to go and to see what was happening there with that people. The story about the baptism and the falling of the Holy Spirit on the Samaritans when they received it from John and Peter, 
is the story, and this is the important nugget for us today, it's the story of just how far God will reach to bring in the outsiders, to bring them into the fellowship of the family of God. And is that not so important for today? It's important for the people outside the walls of this church to understand just how far God will go to bring them in, to make them a part, so that they will no longer be outsiders. And no matter how hard we run, how far we think we've gone, the Holy Spirit is always pursuing us. Always pursuing us. I heard a sermon once entitled The, the Hound of Heaven. John, you may be familiar with that sermon. That's a, that's a tough one. But it shows just how far our God will go to bring in those who are on the outside. When a friend of Martin Luther's wrote to him, pouring out his heart and telling him that he just didn't think he could make it anymore, that the struggles that he was going through and the troubles that he was having had just about gotten the best of him. Luther spoke to him probably some of the most profound words ever spoken. He said, Remember your baptism. When you are at the end of your rope and you don't know which way to turn, remember your baptism. When you want so badly to do something that you know is not right, and how many times do we find ourselves in that position? Remember your baptism. When everything is going your way and your future is bright, even when you're on top of the world, remember your baptism. I've told y'all before how my mom used to write reminders to me whenever I would travel away from home. And her, her remember your baptism words were, remember who you are, who you belong to, and what's expected of you. Now those words carried a lot of weight for me in that luggage when I would be away from home. But those very same words
carry a lot of weight as those are the things that we remember when we remember our baptism. Remember who you are. You are a child of God. Remember who you belong to. You belong to the family of God. And remember what's expected of you. To act as the Christian that you proclaim that you are. And to be and to do the kind of person that reflects Jesus Christ. Not just in your words, but in your thoughts and in your actions. Remember your baptism. You have been redeemed through Jesus Christ. This morning, when you leave the sanctuary, if you leave out that door, if you leave out that door, and even if you leave the sanctuary and you make it to the fellowship hall out that door, you will see a bowl, a bowl of water, it's plain old tap water, sitting on a table. And I invite and encourage you that as you leave, to run your fingers through that water and to remember your baptism. Now, there may be many of us here in this sanctuary as a part of this congregation who were baptized as infants. And I don't know about y'all, but my failing memory doesn't quite reach back that far. But when we touch those waters, we can be reminded again of that time that we were brought into the family of God. And we remember our baptism. Perhaps this morning you've never experienced baptism. So as you run your fingers through that water and you have that desire and that Holy Spirit is moving through you, maybe now is the time. Maybe this is how the Holy Spirit is drawing you into the family of God this morning. So again, I invite you, wherever you are in your journey, wherever you are in your circumstances, to remember your baptism and to be blessed. Let us pray.